0: all hands on deck when we get this kind of opportunity and make the most of it and uh, put all your efforts into it uh, and we can make these results if we collaborate worldwide.
1: At Europol looking at the organized crime investigations we see definitely that the internet and technology in general is changing even traditional forms of uh, criminality. Yeah, it was interesting kind of running essentially two different businesses almost. Um, You know, one being a covert company and one being law enforcement. So that that was quite uh, the balance.
2: Welcome to the Europol podcast, the official podcast of the EU's Law Enforcement Agency. In this series, we shine a light on some of the biggest operations Europol has supported and how we continue to fight organized crime. Operation Greenlight, part two. In part one, we went behind the scenes at the FBI. We spoke to Nicholas Chevron and Stephanie Stevens, two special agents with decades of experience who were behind Operation Greenlight, sometimes known as Operation Trojan Shield. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and give it a listen before continuing with this one. So we'll pick up the story where we left off. The FBI have been diligently building the encrypted Anom messaging platforms and devices. They've been intercepting messages sent by its criminal users, aiming to catch them in the act and put dangerous people behind bars. The FBI have been assembling the intercepted information into intelligence packages, which they then send to national police forces all over the world those police forces will act on the intelligence and tackle the crime in their respective jurisdictions. Now, let's find out what happens when one of those intelligence packages is received by national law enforcement. It's time for us to take a trip to Sweden. It's a wintry evening in late 2020 in an office of the Swedish police when an intelligence package arrives. It's from the FBI office in San Diego and the recipient in Sweden was Superintendent Ted Esplund.
0: My name is Ted Esplund and I'm a superintendent at the National Operations Department's intelligence unit.
2: Ted is responsible for investigating serious and organized crime in Sweden. And the information just in from the FBI is about to blow the lid on an organized crime group calling themselves the firm
0: is a network, they call it the firm. They are like four members of this and they uh, import cocaine to Sweden. They work on the darknet with selling on the internet. They were running a, a laboratory where they uh, produced amphetamine in a large scale, and that was completely unknown for us. This firm has so many different strategic person who was running the firm, those four individuals, they had different roles in this firm, one for the economy, one for uh, transports, one for for uh, connections uh, abroad with amphetamine oil and things like that.
2: So, the firm was an organized crime group involved in multiple criminal activities. On the one hand, they're importing cocaine by bringing it into the ports of Antwerp and then driving it via road hidden among tulips and vegetables inside trucks, to Sweden. They've also got their own methamphetamine manufacturing laboratory in Sweden itself, where they're making big quantities of dangerous illegal drugs and they're planning to sell it all on the dark web. However, they've been using the FBI's encrypted Anon devices to plan it all.
0: So they have different activities going on at the same time, but we were focusing at this moment on the laboratory because there were The biggest case with most people involved. I think the prosecutor estimated the the number so far is to 500 kilos of uh, amphetamine is made in this laboratory, but they had their ambition was higher than that. They were uh, aiming for more than double that. I think there were three persons that were making the amphetamine from Poland that was working in the building. There was uh, two persons that were uh, transporting the narcotics from the building and also transporting the amphetamine oil back to the house to start the process with making the amphetamine.
2: So, the firm's six-person drug lab was potentially producing drugs by the ton. And to cap off the criminal enterprise, the firm needed to launder the money it was making from the drug operation.
0: When it comes to money laundering, they use all the different methods they can think of. They have uh, these connections at banking that can make money while right? they use bitcoins and uh, other cryptocurrencies. And of course, they have a lot of amounts of uh, cash around them. But they also see that uh, they, uh, when they get the profit from one criminal action, they invest it in a new one pretty much directly.
2: Ted and his colleagues needed to act. They had been tipped off about this major drug lab right in their backyard and the profits were being used to fund more criminal activity. However, they also wanted to maintain the operational security of Operation Greenlight. Criminals couldn't become suspicious that the Anon platform could in fact be the FBI. So, their plan was to shut the lab down, wait for the ringleaders to be taken down later so as to avoid suspicion of the network.
0: So we could start one case and get the whole firm and also the people working in the laboratory and also get the logistic chain. Uh, so the first arrest in December when they took down the lab, it was the people that were transporting the amphetamine and it was also the people that making the amphetamine in the lab. That was the, the Polish guys. And they had to live like with that knowledge for six months. So they were uh, interrogating and investigating the transport and the person that was working in the lab, but they had no idea about the organization behind it.
2: The firm's cash cow, its methamphetamine lab, was gone. A nasty surprise for the criminals.
0: And then, when we get to the six months later, uh, when you had the action, the people from the firm was arrested.
2: And so in June, six months after the lab was dismantled, the firm's remaining membership were rounded up and arrested. And this is just one of many, many cases that Sweden opened up over the course of Operation Greenlight.
0: So I think we have work to do for a couple of years and we will have made some new arrests. Even though the material is getting older every month, we have some great opportunities to get people convicted on the material. Because they rely on the, the platform, they send us pretty much all the the solid evidence we need.
2: But in fact, these June arrests by Ted and his team weren't the only wins for law enforcement that day. Those arrests were in fact part of what is called a Joint Action Day, which is coordinated by Europol. The Joint Action Day for Operation Greenlight saw national law enforcement agencies all over the world take simultaneous coordinated actions. Just like the one we heard about from TED in Sweden. And in charge of coordinating Operation Greenlight's Joint Action Day from Europol was Georgios Raskos.
1: My name is Georgios Raskos and I'm the head of the EU Organized Crime Unit at the European Serious and Organized Crime Center here at Europol. It may sound like a a long title, but it's uh, the unit in simple terms that is uh, facilitating operational uh, task forces and and major investigations affecting uh, the EU member states, like uh, the operational task force on Greenlight. Any type of operational, analytical, uh, financial, and technical support that was uh, required in the course of that investigation from the preparatory phase the live phase and the post-live phase that followed.
2: Georgios is a senior law enforcement agent who has been recognized by law enforcement agencies around the world for his contribution to some of the most important cases Europol has been entrusted with. He's been working closely with the FBI on Operation Greenlight for some time ahead of the preparation for the Joint Action Day at Europol.
1: It was exactly the same period that Sky ECC Uh, another criminally dedicated uh, encrypted communication platform was coming down, and this was providing an ideal opportunity for uh, Anom to grow among the criminal groups. Our experience from the investigation so far, and I will just name uh, uh, operational task force EMMA, targeting the Network operational task force LIMIT, targeting the Sky network and obviously operational task force Greenlight, the FBI uh, equivalent of Operation Trojan Shield, were targeting respective encrypted communication solutions that were offering a service uh, to criminals to communicate in a way that their uh, identity and the content of their investigation is protected and also some uh, unique features uh, to protect this uh, communication.
2: The operations against EncroChat and Sky which we referred to in part one, went so well because law enforcement were able to target the higher-ups in the criminal organizations. And this approach was exactly the type of modern policing that Georgios is an expert in. He works on multinational cases that cross borders and jurisdiction. He helps different countries' police forces to connect, collaborate, and ultimately act.
1: Operational Task Force Greenlight offered uh, us uh, uh, a unique opportunity uh, for implementing a top-down approach on uh, uh, organized uh, crime.
2: A top-down approach on crime means that, rather than making arrests of lower-level criminals or those operating in the street, you instead target the people and information at the very top of the structure, looking for what agents and experts refer to as high-value targets.
1: Those individuals that have the profile, have the capacity to inflict the highest impact in the security of our countries and also in their activity has a detrimental effect in, in, in our societies. So adopting this approach, targeting high value targets and their criminal networks that they form a part of uh, has a multiplying effect on uh, the investment that law enforcement is, is doing in, in these investigations.
2: Authorities had identified a vast number of these high-value targets through Operation Greenlight. However, arresting them would give away the fact that nom was controlled or had at least been compromised by law enforcement. That means action had to be taken simultaneously in every participating country. And when you assemble experts here for an action day at Europol, they become part of what is known as a fusion center.
1: So from Europol's point of view, we offered the concept of the operational task forces as the ideal platform to create a fusion center to bring all the participating countries together. The representatives were hosted here at Europol's uh, headquarters, and then we were able to coordinate the activities that were happening in each country in response to the intelligence that was stemming out from OTF uh, Greenlight dataset. Uh, Secondly, we could also make use of the very rich databases that we have here at uh, Europol. Information that was coming out of uh, Greenlight was checked against Europol's databases, and then we could enrich uh, this information with information coming from investigations that were uh, at that time supported or were recently concluded. We had in a common uh, working space the representatives of all participating countries. So when a colleague from country A could find a link uh, with uh, country B in his investigation, he could jump uh, to the next office where the, the representative of that country was located and they could immediately discuss the link between the two investigations and what could be the response in this. I think that this also represents the future of law enforcement and how uh, we could uh, support EU member states and our operational partners in fighting organized crime. Organized crime operates in a globalized network environment. Law enforcement, in order to be able to provide a decisive response, needs to be able to communicate and collaborate in an equally efficient and timely manner. And so, from the
2: fusion center, the Joint Action Day was planned and eventually executed.
1: Europol gave us this platform that we were seeking so that we could you know, share information more quickly, more efficiently, and coordinate, and prepare inevitably for a Joint Action Day.
2: Over the course of the investigation, The FBI and the 16 other countries of the international coalition supported by Europol and in coordination with the US Drug Enforcement Administration exploited the intelligence from almost 27 million messages obtained via the Anon network. And they reviewed them over 18 months all the while criminal users were discussing their criminal activity. When the Joint Action Day officially began authorities could begin making arrests.
1: We had 10,000 officers out um, doing arrests and searches all in one day, and and it amounted to 500 arrests. That, to me, was one of the most uh, biggest accomplishments, I think.
2: The action day actually saw more than 700 house searches and over 800 arrests. Then there was the seizure of at least eight tons of cocaine 22 tons of cannabis and cannabis resin, 2 tons of synthetic drugs, amphetamine and methamphetamine, 6 tons of synthetic drug precursors, 250 firearms, 55 luxury vehicles, and over 48 million dollars denominated in various worldwide currencies and cryptocurrencies. So groups such as the firm, back in Sweden, were dealt a decisive blow. And that was just the immediate action. As our guests have alluded to, many investigations are ongoing. Law enforcement realizes that joint action days like these often aren't the end of the story.
1: I think that the first lesson that we get is that we need to adapt because criminals are adapting. They are using the advantages of uh, technology and what the ICD domain is offering nowadays. I think that law enforcement and Europol should follow uh, the same path in order to continue being competitive, uh, continue offering services to our uh, national authorities, the national competent authorities.
2: So expect law enforcement to continue finding new ways to prevent criminals getting the upper hand technology-wise, and in other aspects of crime too. So, that's Operation Greenlight, a perfectly timed, globally coordinated law enforcement operation involving thousands of law enforcement agents taking hundreds of people off the streets and putting them in jail. With more to come, the investigation continues. And for their efforts and ingenuity in forming the investigation, FBI Special Agents Nick and Stephanie from Part 1 were actually offered Sweden's National Medal of Merit, the only non-Swedes to ever receive such an honor.
0: That's right. Yeah, it's a Medal of merit, As you say, it's the first time law enforcement personnel outside Sweden get the award. And uh, it's not only for the idea how they started the operation. They've been a tremendous support from the start, uh, established in the OTF in spring 2021. And they've been great support, both on the technical side and the operational side.
2: And the deputy police chief of Australia has offered Europol a plaque, which includes an anon encrypted device as a token of appreciation for the collaboration between Europol and the Australian Federal Police. Australia was a crucial partner in this case and their expertise was essential to its success. A big thank you to the agents and law enforcement experts who agreed to be interviewed for this story and for assisting with the research. And thank you to you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're using. And tell your friends about us on social media if you think they would also enjoy it.